Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 271, recorded on December 15th, 2023, where John and Jason talk about the Power BI December 2023 feature summary, including a community update, on-object interaction updates, extended customizations for data labels, and the OneLake Data Hub and Power BI Desktop. Well, hello, Jason. Good to see you again. Back Good to home. See you, but yeah, man, it's nice to be back in the States. Yeah, I've been back for a little bit, but yeah. uh, I got home, John, and it, the week just got away from me. I landed. So when you and I de- you know, parted company, we were having a little bit of travel struggles. We struggled to get to Geneva. We didn't really have too much of an issue going to Frankfurt, but we were a little delayed. Yeah, yeah. But Leaving Frankfurt is on time. Yeah, leaving Frankfurt, we did, we closed the door on time, but then we sat on the tarmac, or we sat at the gate for over two and a half hours waiting for de-icing. That's fun. Oh yeah, which made it so that instead of being an eleven and a half and a half hour flight time, like mm-hmm. in, in that plane, I was on the plane for over fourteen hours. Oh. And when I landed in Houston, my plane immediately took off, so I missed my connection. Had to drive the three and a half hours home. Um, oh yeah. So I got home about twelve thirty Tuesday morning, and because I made the horrible choice of eating something on the airplane, John, I ended oh. up with food poisoning the next day. Oh yay! So yeah, and then Sam got sick. So kiddo number two, who was supposed to have a theater contest, got sick that week. It was a rough week, man. But this week has been much better. Today is my mom's birthday. Shout out to Steffi for her birthday. Oh, yeah, happy birthday, Steffi. So. You know, we got, got to spend Wednesday evening with her because tonight, so Sam's best friend, uh, one of his best friends, is in an opera. So we're going to that. It's going to be awesome. It's a, a mall and the night visitors. So it's going to be very cool. We know somebody who, you know, a kid who's in a professional opera. So we're doing all that. And then tomorrow, really? Sam uh-huh. and I get on an airplane and we are going to... We're going to Jacksonville for the Jacksonville Jaguars game on Sunday nice. night. So I'm super excited. This was what he wanted as his dad and dude time as a celebration for his bar mitzvah. So nice. uh, rounding everything out. And we're going to go visit a buddy of mine who has a farm. And we're going to go see you know Andrew Connell, who's a dear friend of the show. I yep. see the Microsoft Cloud show. And, uh, you know, some other folks who are, who are in that general area. And it's going to be a great time. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping that the travel karma is behind me and that I did my penance for traveling with you with the long drive home that night. So. <laughs> yes, my my travel curse it doesn't seem to affect me anymore. It, it seems to affect, although, I, you know, I was delayed every flight, but whatever. <laughs> um, but I'm just used to it. But it does seem to affect those around me, which is, well, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks, big guy. You know, uh, the long day of travel that you and I had going from, from Amsterdam eventually to Geneva, really like it wasn't even that bad. We had comfortable places to hang out. Oh yeah. We had, it was good company. You and I got to work on stuff and and then we recorded a fun podcast from the road. Hopefully folks enjoyed that. You'll have to let us know. A little different. Yeah. I think the audio came out okay. We, we had some road noise, obviously, but sure. I think it all in all, it came out pretty darn well for for yeah. what we were trying to accomplish. So Excellent stuff. Well, we're back to more of a news format today. Yes, we are. And John, I'm excited about this one. It's our last news cycle of the year. 
And this one is uh, actually includes something that I put in there, which uh, first time since I joined Microsoft that something <laughs> I uh, put in is there about there. We have an inclusion about the Microsoft Fabric Community Conference uh, and all that. So excited that that is officially announced. We're starting to see registration ticking up. Oh, yeah, um, that's good. I am working nonstop on this thing at this point. Man, it's, everybody wants to be a part of it. It's really awesome. You get a sense that the buzz is growing a little you bit. Know, it's still early, but I'm certainly looking forward to it. I'm excited because there was a an internal thing that had to get done in order to make it happen. But we are, pro you know, not only including the community, but including the community, in my opinion, in the right way. I've shared some of the details with you. It's not something necessarily for public consumption, but there was a lot of hoops to jump through to make sure that we were taking care of people and doing it the right way yeah and you know i get to write up a, an email to our our mvp community this week this coming week for to share with them some of the details and hopefully you'll start to see a lot more buzz coming from organically from the community because people are going to get great. excited about this well it's going to be the first of its kind it's the first time you know the us data geeks you know an almost first party event certainly a first party run event uh, in, in a lot of ways are, are going to get to geek out on on fabric you know yeah. so it's 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 pretty cool i i'm excited and seeing behind the scenes of this thing, it's definitely a lot to make something like this happen. So I hope everybody will come out and join us. Uh, you can go out to aka.ms forward slash fabric conference in order to find out all about registration. I, I'm hoping that we'll see the early bird registration prices get extended. I've, I've, I've made that request and hoping that it'll be there. But if not, you know, you have until January 2nd right now, but don't be shocked if you see that extension happen. But get in early if you can, because yeah. you know, right now the pricing is, is lower. So, yeah. Yep. And aw awesomely, John, just one more thing about the conference. It starts, the Sunday workshops start on the Sunday, the last day of March Madness, that first big weekend. So March Madness, the NCAA tournament, college basketball, huge gambling time in the U.S., Vegas gets absolutely flooded with humanity. My favorite time of year to be there, that weekend when when all the games are on continuously, it ends just before our conference starts. So Sunday is a busy day of like people still there, but they're starting to head out. So Saturday night's hotels are kind of expensive, but starting Sunday night, man, hotels so are cheap. Really? Okay. Yeah. So if you're thinking, oh, wow, it's going to cost me 300 bucks a night to stay in a hotel in Vegas. No, it's not. Right now, when you go to register through the conference, I want to say the lowest price I saw on the conference website from a hotel perspective, John, 78 bucks a night. That's low. It's ridiculous. Vegas. I mean, like a couple of bottles of water in a Vegas hotel room <laughs> will cost you that much. <laughs> Pretty much, man. But like, you know, so it's definitely something that is is accessible for sure. And people are like, why would you do it that week? Well, there, that is a good reason. Vegas is kind of dead that week. So it definitely makes it a lot more accessible for folks to be able to come. So starting on, on Sunday, those prices really are down straight through Friday. And then they start to tick back up because, you know, basketball. But right now, a Grand King at the MGM Grand, 78 bucks a night, man. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. And that's not like a closet with two twin beds and maybe half a shower head on it. Like that's their standard yep. king room. <laughs> and, anyway. and we're doing and we're doing a hands-on workshop. It was one of the, it's one of the pre-conferences, right? Why, yes, we are, John. It's a well, that's a fantastic segue. So just so everybody knows, there are 
I believe we have five workshops per day, Sunday, five Monday, and then I think we have five on Friday. I'm trying to add a couple more. We're on Monday. The website. Yeah. We're on Monday, and our workshop is Microsoft Fabric for the Power BI Professional. Yeah. So it's so a hands-on gonna... workshop. You and I have been you know, chatting this morning all about it. Like, There's a lot of great stuff we're going to help people to understand and do, and we're really targeting this at the Power BI persona. So if you're a Power BI person, you're trying to figure out how does this work for me? What 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 are the things about fabric? About that, fabric? You know, how do I get into it? That's exactly what we're going to be doing. So get your butt to our workshop Monday, March twenty fifth. Power Microsoft Fabric for the Power BI professional. Go, get there, and you can even John. If I'm not mistaken, there's going to be a discount code. I think you're going to be able to use White one hundred for you. Ooh. Yes. So I'm going to double check on that. But by the time this gets published, I'm pretty sure that'll be out there. White 100 to save you 100 bucks off registration costs. So that's a good deal right there. So yeah, it'll be well worth. And the first time we've really done a, a full on hands on lab. So that'll be it should be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm excited to try it out. I've done hands on labs before when it was in the SharePoint days, but never a, yeah, a true I mean. like, yeah. you know, data workshop. So now john, this is my day job these days, and people are probably like, okay, is he going to stop talking about this conference at some point? <laughs> Here's my commitment to our dear listener. We're not going to do another pitch about this for a while. You may hear us talk about it come February or March as we get closer to it. But if you're listening to this, that was our pitch for our workshop. We're not going to do it again. We'll talk <laughs> about it in the same way that we do for every other conference. But yeah. I, I don't want to turn this podcast into a promotion for the conference. That's no. just not cool. So we're going to get down to the nitty gritty here. I do want to mention in the blog post here, skill up on fabric, take the Microsoft fabric challenge. So we have the skills challenge there, the, for the ignite skills challenge. We're also going to be doing all sorts of great stuff to help you come up to speed. There's going to be some big announcements on in the January 16th blog that I'm helping to to work on that's going to be all about it's going to be about the conference but it's also going to be about a bunch of our learned stuff and career stuff and all sorts of great things because we don't have a a, a drop you know there's no power via desktop there's no service update right. in January so that's okay. what we're going to we're going to use that moment for that cool 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 yeah this episode of the Bifocal Podcast is sponsored by Tigraph, the award-winning reporting and analytics platform for Office 365. Get the full picture of your Office 365 network by using Tigraph. See how customers leverage its actionable insights to better understand their organization's usage, collaboration, and adoption patterns. Try Tigraph today. Sign up for a free trial at Tigraph.com. So... We should get into it, shouldn't Let's we? Let's do it, man. You already you've you've dove you've dove into this already. I'm super impressed. Talk it's to right me about now. what you know. So let's talk about it. On object interaction updates preview. So there's more stuff. New on more objects changes. is on by default, huh? It's on by default, but the changes are what's on by default. So you're going to by, by default, you're going to be in the on object framework. Let's call it that, right? You're okay. in, you're going to be now in the on object world, but what is default isn't going to look so different than what you're used to. So before, you know, when you, if you turned on on object, everything was quite alien, right? You only get that single pane over on the right-hand side all the time. You have to start creating from the canvas. 
Well, you, you don't really have to, but that's how it would work by default. And you mm -hmm. could go and over time, they made a lot of changes so you could tweak those settings. So you might go back to something you're more comfortable with if you're an old dog like me, or you know, basically you can tweak the way you want odd object to work. And I think that's very good. And it seems based on some feedback, they've decided that the default experience should should better mirror the old way of doing things for the moment, at the very least. So you can go and still go and change that. And there's a very easy way to go and change from one overall experience to the other, but you can pick and choose the elements from each experience. So things like having a single panel over on the right-hand side. Now, what the reason they do that is because you get panel and open panel and open panel and open panel and suddenly you got nowhere to build your room. So having that switched panel is, is is a good idea, but it still might be a bit bit much of a shock for some people. So you can change that behavior. And so there's a number of elements that would make up what you would call the new experience versus the old experience, but you can turn them each on and off by yourself. I think that's all to the good. I don't know if at some point in time the, the default experience might be, you know, the all on object or new experience, but for the moment, it's uh, not going to be. I love this. This to me speaks volumes to the fact that Rosie and team are listening oh, yeah. to the community. They're listening to people's feedback. And I've known that for a while because I got to work with her on some of this stuff when on object first came out and we have her on the show but one of the things i love about this is one of our pet peeves has always been hey when it's about reporting it's going to be something that's that's going to be a current file setting for the most part this yeah. gives you the ability in the global setting so you don't yeah. have to go in every single time and they even detail out all five of the ones that are here around paint switcher and the visual options and everything about how to do it where it is and it is a global setting, so you don't have to worry. So when you once you get used to something, you're just there and it keeps it. So I love that for us. You know, that they did that specifically because you that was user feedback. Yeah. The next item under reporting is that we have, and I didn't know this was coming. We have more styling options for column and bar charts. And column and bar charts are probably the most used visuals in the entire stack. I gotta maybe the card visual is, is more used, but Certainly, column and bar charts are a good way of representing data and trends and stuff over time. And now you can really control basically how those bars and columns look. You can control transparency and colors. You can put a border around those bars. You can even have them explode out so that they're not contiguous in the bar. They're individually separated. So a lot of work, it, it would appear, is going into that visual. So, John, I have to tell you, the the, the shapes, the visual shapes enhanced version uh -huh. may be my favorite thing of the year. Really? Honestly, just from, you know, and, and, and that's, a, okay, it's a little hyperbole. There's so much great stuff that we did this year. Right. But just for yeah, me, like, beca because of how, like, my, from a vision perspective, from a, like, the fact that, you know, I oftentimes, you love this, cl the, the clustered column chart, man. You I love do. that. And it drives me crazy because I want to see them. I, I want to stack. Sorry, I like the, stack. The stacked. Now, I like clustered. You like stacked. Because yeah. cluster, I can I can move the mouse easily over in the cluster and find. This yeah. makes it so from a stack column chart perspective, yeah. I can do the same thing. Yeah. And man, it's like the separation here, the fact that the padding is is the same across all of them. But I can find, like, I can hover over the smallest slices easily and do the hover and get to what the actual number behind it is. Can't yeah. do that without this. And so I lo absolutely love this. It's huge. 
Yep. And uh, kind of related to that is we've got the ability to better control data labels, which is awesome. I mean, what? data labels. Oh, yeah. Data labels are, are a way to, you know, firmly express the value. So you don't have to hover over those things to get the values up. And we've been able for quite a long time to be able to control what shows up as a data label, right? The percentage of the value or the absolute value, et cetera, et cetera. But now we can get in there and finally control how it appears. We can put titles on it. We can put additional measures on it. So you you get you know, kind of a two-in-one report. It's freaking awesome. I really All right. So, John, this may be my favorite thing. Uh, oh, like, okay. Yeah, you know, uh, oh, the, the, it just keeps getting better and better. They got liars and team are just rocking this stuff out, man. I love this. This is because that's what I want to be able to get to. That's what I want to be able to see. Now imagine this stacking up on top of the oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So cool. All right. John, I'm I'm already spent. That's how that's how cool that is. That is all right. So Azure Maps clustering aggregation support for a bubble layer. Now, John, I know you yeah. love yourself some Azure Maps. And I do you're, love you're, myself some Azure Maps. This, 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 is, this is something that you talk about on a regular basis. And when are, when are we getting it? Like the, the the ability to do it in anonymous and all of that type of stuff. But, you know. Yeah, that's the I, one glaring thing. Yeah. But but this gives us some some cool abilities here as well. Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been seeing some cluster, some better clustering support. I should put it in the in the Azure Maps visual, and now this extends it out to the bubble layer. So, depending on your zoom level, their visual will will intelligently decide to aggregate data and instead of stacking bubbles up on top of each other, which is you know not not the best experience. So, you know, at at a particular zoom level, we may decide that you know we may we have one bubble, and as we zoom into it, it might separate into individual bubbles, and those bubbles will be aggregated for size, you know, according to you know the aggregation value. Yeah, pretty awesome stuff here, man. Oh, there's also. Are you kidding me? Uh, this next one, I, again, th th this this you, month may be like, learning's never been a pet peeve of yours, has it? I, I don't I don't have all of the good words, you know. And but again, keeping in mind the data activator is a fabric feature, right? So you have to and have it's fabric. A fabric preview feature. Yes, it is. So you have to have fabric enabled in order to make this work. But John, yes. talk to me about alerting on your Power BI reports with Data Activator. Well, I don't know why they need this. The alerting was so good before. Yeah, you know, yeah. You keep going. A dashboard and a, and a tile. And okay, no. Yeah, so you can go into any Power BI report in the service, hover over you know your visual, and to say, "Let me know when something changes," and or you know, whatever your criteria may be. And when it exceeds a certain threshold, et cetera, et cetera, it's now going to create a reflex for you. And a reflex is the the asset that is created for Data Activator. And you will be now notified whenever that criteria is reached. And the beauty of it is you could go into you could go into Data Activator in Fabric and further refine that. So you could do things like hook on a hook on a a power automate flow. Mm -hmm. so, you know, flows for power automate or reflexes for data activator. I'm trying to keep all this stuff straight in my head. But <laughs> but <laughs> you can basically go and extend it extend out to any of the power of data activator. So yeah, I love this thing. It's basically now you've got now you got the ability to trigger actions based on certain data conditions. And 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 it's done so in a very, very cohesive, coherent way. I see so much opportunity for this, John. And, you know, I wish that we had this back when I was utilizing Power BI to drive my business back in the back in the day. But I'll settle for making sure that the rest of the world has it now. So, yeah.
Yeah. Thank you, Will Thompson and team for bringing this. This, Absolutely. Is, this is awesome Absolutely. stuff. Are you gasping for a better reporting solution? Let Marquee Insights throw you a lifeline. They can help you chart a course to success with Power BI, then get underway quickly with one of their quick start solutions while learning the ropes from their experienced staff. If you're ready for reporting bliss, go to marqueeinsights.com and click the Get Started button and learn how they can help you make better, faster decisions with smarter data. All right, John, that's the reporting section as though yep. it wasn't big enough. You know, I mean, yep. that, those are some major, major things. And, you know, they're not just fit and finish. These are major features that we've just gotten here at the end of the year. It's really great stuff. But uh, I do want to point one thing out. It was at the top of the blog in orange today. Now, this hopefully by the time the podcast drops will have gone away. But if you're listening to this and it's still there, there was a delay in the build for Power BI Desktop. We had to pull it. I can't go into details as to why. It just you know didn't didn't make it out fully. You know, we had it on the insider ring and it didn't make it out to the so John, you may still and you may have it on the insider to. ring, but there was a you know something that, that they needed to to redo or whatever it was, and just to make sure. So yeah, we're always watching these things, we're always looking at making sure this it's right. So we did not release it to the to the public. So you'll you should see it by the time this podcast dropped, but if not with within a day or so after that, I'm hoping. So well, cool. All right, we're in the yeah. data connectivity section, John, and we actually get One Lake Data Hub in Power BI Desktop now in the new version. Yeah, yeah. It sounds, <laughs> I don't want to make a small deal. Uh, it sounds like a bigger deal than it. I mean, we have a ribbon item now for the for the data hub. So as opposed to having to enter get data and go down to the various sub-elements that might be included in um, in the data hub, basically everything that would live in Fabric is included in this ribbon. So if you're all only working with your fabric stuff, you're not going to have to wade through a bunch of other data sources to get at it. And so, and the, it, you know, it's, it's optimizing the experience of getting to these things. So in the data hub you, is included things like Power BI data sets. Shouldn't they say semantic models? They should, yes. But they should. Honestly, um, it should just say semantic models instead of Power BI yes. data sets. Yes. And ultimately, I, I'm sure that it will. I'm sure that um, it will. But for the I moment, just had to it's, call that out. <laughs> you know, uh, it's still what people know, and we're still working yeah. on making that change. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's going to take a while to roll all that out. And uh, data marts, lake houses, warehouses, and KQL database, which is, of course, my favorite, Custo. There you go. So, yeah. So, John, we also get some Power BI connector updates, one for Amazon Athena, BQ, BQE Core, Databricks, InWink, which is a new connector. So the, the other three were updates. InWink is a new connector that you're getting. And Starburst Enterprise, there's an, a connector update as well. And there's a bunch of stuff in Starburst Enterprise that's getting updated there. Cool, cool, so. cool. That takes us to the service. Yes. Now, John, I haven't looked at this particular I one. I either. This was also news to me, man. So... I want to play with this and I'm definitely going to, but this one is called Storytelling in PowerPoint Suggested Content. So it's a way to, when, when you when you want to drop a Power BI report in your PowerPoint deck, up until now, you create, you basically say new, new Power BI content, then you go and get the URL for your Power BI and you paste it into the box and it works. This was letting you browse. And not only that, it's going to suggest Power BI reports based on your slide content. So I got to think there's a little AI going in there somewhere. But yeah, it's going to get you started. Hey, maybe you want this report or maybe you want that report. It's a 
fundamental change to the UI. I got it. It's basically like embedding a, a Power BI report in a Teams chat or, or, or a Teams tab. It lets you go and surf it versus having to go and copy and paste a URL, which is no matter how you slice it, that's it's a little clumsy. Yeah. So, John, I, I do want to point something out to me, and you tell me about what you think. Doesn't that look like it's a Mac version of PowerPoint? Really? Oh, it does. It does look like a Mac version of PowerPoint. I don't know. I'm curious. I haven't tried this. We both have Macs now, so I exclusively use the the Windows version of PowerPoint and Parallels on my Mac. But uh, I think you use the, the Mac version. So you'll have to tell me if this works in the Mac version of PowerPoint as it does. well. It does. Hey, well, how about this new thing? I haven't tried, but the old way of doing it, it does. Yeah, no, I'm saying the new one. Yeah, um, I haven't tried that yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I expect that it does, but still, it's one of those things where I'm I'm a little curious, John. Yeah, cool. I think that's pretty cool. That I, uh, will, I will check it out and get back to you. Yeah, you have to let us know in the, in our next conversation about it. So, just pointing out, like, I, it's kind of a nice thing. Yep. Next one's cool too. The ability to search and sort in paginated reports. So you can basically search for content that's sitting in your paginated report. And you might think, well, of course it should be able to do that. And there's a lot more. I got to think this was hard because, <laughs> you know, a paginated report is not pre-rendered. It doesn't have the content sitting in like a data set, et cetera. It, it might be looking things up from a data set. But when if you do a, a full text search, essentially, which is what you're doing, it's going to have to scan through the data set and those elements that that report references. So it's going to be performing all those queries. And it, anyway, it does. But John, this, you've been able to do this in Power BI, in Power BI Report Builder or Paginated Report Builder forever. What's different? You tell me. <laughs> I teed you up perfectly there, big guy. I like I wasn't thinking of it. <laughs> this is in the service, John. This is the service oh, version. Yes, 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 yes. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the service. That's cool. Yeah. This is instead like we've been able to do a lot more in the you know, report builder. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. This is us bringing these features for, to for the service, fidelity, right? Yeah. So we want to give you that authoring experience here. So both sort and search are available in the web layout only right now. I have to imagine that it's going to come more in, you know, in the building side of it as well. But so this is in the service. So, you know, really, really cool. So yeah, yep. That, that gets us to the developer section. And there's a few things for devs this time around, one of which I got to think is pretty important. I surprised it wasn't there before. Custom Visuals Authentication API, which means custom visuals can now get your AAD token Ooh. via single sign-on. I'm thinking that's making an awful lot of scenarios a whole lot easier to deal with. That's really, that's very, very important, John, like the, for, for a lot of these custom visuals that, you know, having to have their own authentication, I mean, that's, wow, okay, that definitely makes things a lot better. And it'll make it so that a lot more visuals can become cert certified as well. So yep. that's really cool. And you can also now, in your visual, turn on and turn off the dynamic drill control. So, you know, more finer grain for the custom stuff that better matches the stuff that comes out of the box. So that's good. And I think the big news here is the Git integration conflict resolution. This again, this is obviously a fabric thing, right? Because yeah. fabric is the is the thing that gives you integration with DevOps, not GitHub. Just to just be real clear here, not GitHub yet, but the the ability to have all of your Power BI elements in in a in a workspace synced up with a with a DevOps Git repository is is really nice. If you get if you you know manage to edit 
the same thing in two different places. How do you manage the conflict? They've made it a whole lot easier is what it boils down to. Yeah, I got nothing else to say on that topic, John. The, 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 Git, the Git integration stuff is super cool, and I want—I'm looking forward to getting to play with it a little bit more. The Git integration con, you know, conflict resolution is is key. So, John, I'm sitting here, and part of the reason why I was a little flustered is because I'm I'm harkening back to a conversation I had this week with one Ted Patterson. So, Ted, for those folks who don't know, is a member of the Fabric Cat team. Uh, focused, he's on the specialist side. He's focused on developer topics, and. As I was working on the conference, Ted emailed me and said, hey, do you think there would be an opportunity to do a full day workshop for developer topics around Fabric and Power BI and things of that nature? I was like, well, do you have any references? Because, you know, I don't know that you're qualified to teach a workshop, Ted. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Ted has been a teacher and trainer for probably 80 years. Ted is probably <laughs> 80 years, John. Is that a fair statement? It's, it might seem that way. Quite 80, but it's... He, he taught me SharePoint originally. That's, yes, that's he the, did. Yeah, uh, that's, so that tells you that, that was quite some time ago. Yeah, so I asked him, I said, you know, I, I told him, of course, so he is going to do that workshop, which is going to be amazing. Unfortunately, it's the same time as ours, because I said, hey, uh, you know, are there any like community so folks? No, that, right? Huh? <laughs> so you told uh, no, I no. did not tell him no because it's a different audience <laughs> than ours. But I did say, "Hey, do you who who else is are you looking at co-presenting with you?" And he said, "Well, you know, this guy from the community. I might ask this John White character." I was like, "You can't have him. He's teaching my workshop at the same time." <laughs> He's like, "Well, darn. I'll have to see if we can clone him." So. Just, I thought that was funny. I've been meaning to tell you about that one. So that's hilarious. Yeah. I didn't know about that. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so we're now at the visualization section, John, which we're again not going to list all of these off. There are a lot of new ones in here that people can go take a look at. So, I so do want to call something out because it seems buried in the wrong place here because there's a, there's a new a purview hub in Fabric, and that's uh -huh. not a third-party visual. It's a it's actually a report. It's in, it's in the service. It's in the admin you know in the admin hub. Would you have that turned on? Yeah. So it gives you a, a number of reports about what's 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 going on in Fabric. It's 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 an intro into purview, purview of you know, anything to do with management of your data. But I did want to call that out because it seems buried. But yeah, uh, apart yeah. from that, we got a bunch of new visuals. I agree. And I'm just noticing something about the blog. I have to send a note to Alyssa on. Uh, I'm going to do that after the after we're done recording. Earning. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be there by the time folks actually listen to this. But uh, yeah, there's a video player visual. That's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm curious about that one for Power, for power PR reports. But yeah, there's some really cool looking visuals this month. Sure. Uh, and we don't have a closeout section, John, like we usually do. So that is the end. We are at the end of our of our drop. And um, we're at the end of our time, too. We are, man. Uh, I know you have a hard stop. So great to get a chance to chat with you. We are going to be bringing you our end of year wrap ups over the course of the next couple of weeks. John and I are sitting down to do our predictions and our you know, John, you have to go through and figure out wh whether we whether we won or lost our predictions from last year. That's so true. We'll, we'll cover those two off yeah. in our last two for the year. And then we'll be back in January with brand new content to talk to you about. And uh, we'll go from there. John, That's have good. an awesome week, my friend. And I will talk to you soon. Take it easy, man. Have a good have one. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 